So, sleep paralysis, episode two. We're back with Jay, and we've got Alfie, my little brother here with us. Hello. Hello, Alfie. So, um, we're going to talk about a few things we kind of didn't touch on in the last episode, and kind of go over some of the things we did touch on in more detail. Elaborate on them. Yeah, hopefully elaborate a bit more. Um, That was a very long episode last time, so this one we're hoping to keep a bit shorter. Yeah, it's difficult to come up with stuff that we didn't cover last time, but we're going to just try to look at things from a few different angles and a few different ideas, really. Yeah, so we'll start it off with, uh, just in case you haven't seen the last podcast, um, what is sleep paralysis? So, Alf, seeing as you're new to the podcast, you can go first. What is sleep paralysis? What do you think it is? Mm, I reckon, I don't reckon it's kind of, I reckon it just boils down to sleep deprivation but I don't think it's I feel like sometimes it can be blown over the top as in it can be you can have a nightmare and people will you know say it's sleep paralysis I think it's more of just a I think it's more of a nightmare than anything else to be honest so but what what about people that are very healthy have good sleep patterns sleep well and still have it that's the thing that's what I'm, what I'm saying is I think a lot of people put nightmares down to sleep paralysis like a bad nightmare but they would have a dream or a nightmare about not moving and seeing something in their room then they'll wake up and think oh was that sleep paralysis or not okay so Alfie's the sceptic at the moment yes that's, that's what we're going with which is good because um, for those of you that don't know Alfie uh, is extremely scared of the paranormal kind of stuff he's a uh, how tall are you? Six foot two, six foot three? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a big lad. And he went to the cinema with a bunch of girls not that long ago to watch The Nun. Well, two years ago now, because yeah. of COVID, to watch The Nun. And he ran out of the cinema, basically screaming, and left the girls in there to watch it on their own. So this, that, that's the sceptic we're dealing with right now. So let's just bear that in mind. The Nun was scary. The Nun was scary, he yes. says. So Jay, what do you think sleep paralysis is? From someone that experiences it. Well, I think I think first of all, Alfie's explanation was a stereotypical explanation of someone that's never experienced it in their life. <laughs> True. Yeah. So, my, what I would say straight away is, um, sleep paralysis is very different from a normal nightmare. You you don't you don't generally confuse the two. Uh, but no, sleep paralysis, um, I believe, is literally. Um, where you're, where you get stuck in a realm between being awake and being asleep, and I do believe that it's linked to paranormal, and there, you can experience paranormal activities and travel outside of your body with astral projection, and I believe there's more to it than science and some kind of sleep um, um, disorder. Okay, so two completely different opinions. <laughs> I'm sort of in the middle. Um, I'm kind of. I think there's a scientific explanation behind it. But I don't think that scientific explanation is always the right explanation. I think it does occur, it does happen. There is a scientific... People do have sleep paralysis in terms of the scientific um, part of it. But I think other people do have it through um, a paranormal sense. Well, there is is a scientific explanation for it. But as as I've said in the past, there's, there's different levels of it, you know. The different levels of sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis, in its most basic form, is where you 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 
wake up and you can see visually, but your body can't move because it's paralysed. Yeah. That's less scientific, but then it, other things can merge into it. Yeah, so that's what I was about to say. Basically, I feel like the scientific side of it is, um, like you said, you're in the scientific state. So your body's paralysed, but your mind's awake and you're conscious. Yeah. But when you're in that state, I feel like it makes you a lot more acceptable to paranormal events. For example, any kind of psychic abilities that you might have or so anything along them lines. So we'll dive into that. We've got more bullet points to go through, which kind of explain that a bit more. But that's where I feel. I feel like the scientific side of it kind of puts you in the state. And once you're in that state, I think that it's quite possible that something paranormal happens whilst you're in well, the state. Well, that's, that's, that's the surface. That's the beginning of the paranormal. Um, that's the beginning of the sleep paralysis experience. For many people, that would be as far as they ever go. Yeah. You know, the, the, the first visual... The first See, I, I believe in what Jay's saying. What I think about Jay's point is... I think the, science, the scientific part behind it, I think, is true. Everyone in their life will experience sleep paralysis maybe once or twice in their lifetime due to sleep deprivation or whatever. But what I think with Jay, where he has it, you know, he has it quite frequent. I think it is sleep paralysis like he has it once or we have it once or twice in his lifetime. But I think there is, wouldn't say other problems, but there's other, there could be other paranormal stuff going on, which then makes the sleep paralysis a million times worse than it is. Which is what he said before, is when he has it, it's bad. But if when, if, if other people have it, they might just see something weird in the corner of their eye. I think what Jay's saying is true, but I think it's just more of a really, really like, rare kind of thing. Right. So you're open to the possibility? Yeah, I'm open to the possibility. Well, that's good. You don't have to believe in the paranormal to be open to it. And everyone should be open to anything. Yeah. Because, really, we don't know anything. I mean, yeah. everything we know scientifically so far to this point in human existence is probably nothing compared to what we'll know in another 2,000 years' time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um... I, that's what I believe anyway that's what I, I think that's what all of us kind of have our own individual um, points and opinions but um, so we're kind of we've got Jaya on one side me in the middle and Alfie on the other side which is good because it means we can have a good discussion mm-hmm. which brings us on to the next point which, which is do you think it is re- do you think sleep paralysis is related to the paranormal as in ghosts and or demons attacking you in your sleep Okay, so do you think that sleep paralysis uh, is related to the paranormal in terms of it being a spiritual thing where, you know, ghosts, spirits, demons can attack you in your sleep? I think we should hand over to Jay to answer this one first. Again, someone that's been through it, someone that will have more of an insight than people that haven't been through it. Yes, yes, I believe that sleep paralysis is more than just a scientific phenomenon. I, I... As crazy as it sounds, I believe that in a state of sleep paralysis, you can come into contact with entities that don't live in the same realm with us. I believe it can be very dangerous, and I believe that sleep paralysis is more than capable of killing you. And I actually believe that one of the side effects of sleep paralysis isn't known as death. Death isn't a known side effect. It's not a known symptom of sleep paralysis, but... I've had experiences where I've, I've had sleep practice, my heart has been beating so hard and so fast that an older person who wasn't particularly healthy more than capable of getting a heart attack. Now, when you think about it, lots of people die of heart attacks in their sleep. Yeah. So what triggers that heart attack? 
Well, they say it's natural causes, but... Yeah, natural causes, natural causes, but, you know, it's like if... They have no other way of knowing it's anything else. Yeah, so. yeah it's like when someone's... People have been married for 50 years and, like, someone someone dies. Yeah. You know, it's, it's dying of, like, a broken heart isn't, like, a, me- a medical explanation, no. but it does happen. It does. And my, my personal experience is that sleep paralysis is more than times, and it can be very dangerous and it's more than capable of killing people, in my, in my opinion. Okay, Alfie, what do you think? I reckon it could be linked to paranormal, and the only reason I say that is, like what I was going back to earlier, the scientific part of it is, you know, everybody would, you know, have sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I was saying earlier is with Jay, where he's had it so often, I think, you know, but what he's saying is true, and I think it could happen for other people. Like other people have paranormal stuff happening in sleep paralysis, but at the same time, I still do think that something must have triggered that to happen as in like not scientific but something paranormal because it's not normal like how often Jay has it what is experience that's not normal for somebody yeah. having it not normal in the slightest so one of the instances Jay told us about before on the, on the last episode of the sleep paralysis uh, podcast was that he was in this episode where it was kind of like a loop every time he woke up he thought he was awake and he wasn't it was just another sleep paralysis episode yeah. And that went on for quite a while, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. So what do you think about that? So have you heard that story? Yeah, I, I have heard it. Yeah. yeah. I, I believe that's true. I, I genuinely I do. But like I said, I just think it's rare, as in it's that rare that it hasn't been looked into enough. Right. You know, it's all proof that, like I said, everybody has sleep paralysis. Yeah. But it's not proof that everybody has it as often as Jay has it. The thing is, not many people do have it. It's quite rare. I mean, if you walk down the street and ask 10 people if they've ever had sleep paralysis, I imagine a good majority of them would be like, what is it? Yeah, yeah, majority of people don't actually know what it is. Yeah. And a lot of people that do know because they're into the paranormal and have friends in that that have experienced it. They haven't necessarily experienced it themselves. So it's not very common. So, I mean, the thing for me that I want to know is why do some people get worse than others? Like, even if Jay did only have it once or twice in his lifetime, if well, he did and it was bad, why don't other people have it as bad? Well, it's like uh, mediums and psychics. Now, do you get it like that? It's, 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 it's an unexplained... The gift is the best way to put it, but it's, it's, it's something that people, some people are more susceptible than others. Exactly that. I mean, now, don't get me wrong. Psychics, mediums, I'm not saying... Uh, I'm not, I'm not diving into whether or not they're real and true, fake and all that sort of stuff. That's another topic. But it's like that sort of same principle. It's, you know, some people have them abilities and some don't. And I'll tell you what, some people that say they have them abilities have actually had some really undeniable kind of um, reasoning behind it. And for example, um, me and Jay went to see Derek Akora. And he made some random woman in the audience literally, like, run out crying because her son was in prison for something he didn't do. And the first thing Derek said was, oh, your son's in prison. He pointed her out and was like, he didn't do it. And she ran out screaming and crying. Do you remember that? Yeah. Things like that happen and you think, well, this is like, this is different. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. We don't know if Derek knew that woman prior to that and it set up or whatever. Mm. We don't know. But based on on seeing Derek and the other stuff he came out with other people and stuff I'd like to think there is some sort of ability there yeah especially stuff I've experienced as well like deja vu and premonitions and things I feel like some people do have some sort of abilities in some way shape or form mm. some people are just not open to it so therefore they're like ah oh, what a load of you know rubbish but 
But if they're open to it and they try and focus in on it a bit more, they might they might understand it more. That's the thing with me. I'm I'm not open to it. And why what? is that? Does it come down to fear? Be honest. It, it, it yes, does. yes, it does. I reckon half <laughs> it does come down to fear. Only a re- bit more than half. A lot of it does come down to fear, only because it's just nobody knows what it is, what is, like, what anything is. Every, everything is always a guess. Yeah. Like you can have quote unquote evidence and all that, but there's no, in my opinion, in my opinion, there's no absolute hard truth evidence there. I always like to go by science on everything. Like, it could be anything medical, anything like that, because in my opinion, it's proven, it's facts, it's, it's been stated. It's just, like, I believe in the paranormal, but it's, it's just, I don't want to go into it, because if it is true, the fear of, we don't know what it is. What so is here's the thing, though. You wouldn't, for example, come on an investigation with me. No. Because, let's be honest, put it bluntly, you're scared to do that in case something happened to you or something attacked you or followed you, whatever, right? Yeah. That that's fine. That's 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 perfectly normal for people to feel that way. But unless you do open yourself up like that, you're not going to experience it. And unless you experience it, you won't believe in it. So you've that's kind of you're never going to experience it because you're not open to it. That's the thing. I don't think I want to experience. Yeah, but being scared of something is hard evidence that you do believe it. Yeah, of course it is. So there's something that we've never spoke about before that we could kind of like to prove that. So. Um, I've got a friend who, whose dad... That's what I was to say, my dad. Okay, yeah, it's Jay's dad. Yeah. I didn't want to just put him on blast. Yeah. So Jay's dad had an experience when he was younger and um, it was with a, a, a widgie board that went wrong and things like that, wasn't it? And friends he was with and something happened to his friend where I think it didn't he say something about his friend's going to die or something like that and then yeah, he lost he his never, leg never, or in an accident. Fully, or... Yeah, he never fully opened up about it, but he won't have him spoken about it. Right. He won't watch films with him, and uh, all we know is something happened to his friend on a motorbike accident, like a couple of days after. My dad won't talk about him. And yeah. My dad like religiously says that he he doesn't believe in spirits and ghosts and all that. But, but that's the point. People that yeah. straight up refuse to believe in it normally is because they've been scared into that. Yeah, but you can't fear something if you don't believe in it. Exactly. You can't. It's like God, I don't believe in God, so I I I feel if I go and commit ten sins tomorrow. Yeah, I don't. I'm not scared that I'm going to hell because I don't believe in the heaven and the hell. No, that's not a problem for me. So I wouldn't go on an investigation thinking I'm going to get attacked by a ghost or a demon if I didn't believe in them. No. So you you'd be scared of that because you're like that could happen. That means yeah. they're real. Like so yeah, of course it's mm. yeah, and you're right. Yeah, so it's it's crazy. It's it's, it's a mad. So you sitting there kind of thinking, well maybe yeah maybe no, and I think where you try to kind of explain it by science is your way of kind of trying to convince yourself that it's not real even though deep down you think it is because you are scared to to acknowledge it yeah. I mean I mean, no it's true it's the thing it's like I, I don't want to believe it but obviously the stuff I've seen the stuff I've heard makes me want to believe it it's just like a 50-50 I go by science which says it's not real but doesn't though science doesn't say it's not real this is the thing that's the thing I go I go by like false actual like evidence so if you if you heard of the word parapsychology mm-hmm. yes so it's, it's basically uh, you've got parapsychology and that's basically the scientific side of the paranormal um, and the psychological side of people that experience paranormal um, investigations events so there's science behind it and science that can back it up the scientists that disbelieve it and the scientists that, that say that they can prove it. 
So it's 50-50, but yeah. Which brings us on to the next point, really. Which is, how do you tell the difference between scientific paralysis and a paranormal event? So how do you tell the difference between a scientific sleep paralysis and a paranormal sleep paralysis event? Jay, have you ever experienced one like an episode where you think, yeah, that's not paranormal, that's just my mind? And have you experienced one where you think that is straight up paranormal? Yeah, all the time, all the time. I mean, to differentiate between the two for me is quite easy because, yes, I get, I get what I call... It's an interesting question, actually, because, as I say, I think that the scientific side of sleep paralysis, or at least the side that doesn't sound so bonkers, is basically the first stage of it. Yeah. You wake up, you can move your eyes, you can see around the room, but your body's, your body's paralysed. It's numb. There's a slight vibration feeling. You can just about move your fingers and your toes. Right. Um, but there's, there's, there's nothing else. That's just it. It's still scary because you can't move. Yeah. But there's nothing else. That to me is scientific sleep practice. That is sleep practices on its own, in a scientific format. And may, maybe and something a little bit weird thrown in because you are in a dream state, so you might see something that's a bit weird, but not like straight up paranormal. Uh, no, 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 no. It's one or the other. It's one or the other. So basically, it's I get I get sleep practices like that quite a lot. I went through a stage recently actually where I was getting that all the time just before I went through the next stage of getting really vivid ones. Okay. And um, that's the thing, it seems to, I mean, there's been periods in my life where it's completely backed off for like two years. It's very, it's very, it's very Stage. periodic. It comes and goes. Um, sort of, it, it, you go through different stages of it as you do with anything in life. But yeah, I mean, the, what I would call scientific sleep paralysis is where you, so even when you wake up, you get it a lot when you go to sleep as well. Right. And as Alfie said earlier, I can't remember if we were recording at the time, but anyone with sleep paralysis will tell you that you don't sleep on your back. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. It, it's, it is. You've yeah. mentioned that in the last episode, I think, about yeah. if you sleep on your back, you're asking for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. It's basically you're asking for it. Now, so, but then saying that, I, I believe that that first stage of sleep paralysis what that basically is is you're going into sleep paralysis but you're not allowing yourself to go further into it right like that's, that's almost like a gateway that's the beginning it's the beginning and you kind of choose whether you want to go deeper because when I go into a sleep paralysis state like that and I've, I wake, I've wake up I'm just going to sleep and it, it gets you and I say it's a bit like cramp you know when you've got you're laying in bed and you feel cramp coming on yeah you feel it yeah, before it hits yeah, you yeah you've got that you've got a couple of seconds where you can move and get out of it yeah yeah Sleep paralysis, sleep paralysis, as long as you're awake, sometimes you wake up a bit, that's a bit different, but yeah. it, often, it often comes on as well, certainly with me, when you're drifting off to sleep. Right. So if, I, if, I, if I'm drifting off to sleep and I go into sleep paralysis, because I'm quite experienced with it, I, know how to get, I, know, I kind of know how to get out of it. Okay. You relax, you breathe heavy, you don't try and fight it too much, and you eventually it relaxes off. But although I never do it out of choice... I, I quite easily know that I could dive much further into it if I wanted to right. because there's, there's a feeling and um, that you'd be laying there and if I wanted to I could fight it and close my eyes and I could just let myself sink lower into it which is where you'd go into the next stage right. that's what it is it's, it's, that's, what that, that's what that scientific stage is you know? and a lot of people will only go to that stage without going further Yeah, if that makes any sense it's like 
And what it is is that the best the best way the best explanation I've ever had of sleep paralysis is I've I've read the science descriptions and what these people say and that people say. The one time it was described with the hitting an hour on the head to what I experienced was by the theory of astral projection. Right. The only time that anyone's ever explained sleep paralysis the way I get it is astral projection. And what it is basically is that when you when you when you wake up and you can't move and you can just about move your fingers and you're going through that vibration stage and you've got a pressure on you and your body's vibrating, that basically is the option, or that basically is your spirit coming out of phase with your body. Right. Now at that point, when when you're in that transition stage, you've got two options. You can fight it and try and wake up well I say fight, I mean you can relax and wake yourself up or you could dive deeper into it. Okay. Yeah, yeah kind of take over. Yeah, and I, I get this feeling of like, I, I, I always opt for trying to get out of it because like I say, the, the, pleasure, the experience that I have ain't very pleasurable. Yeah. But I know that if I wanted to, I could almost like let it have me. Right. You know? So, that that's the first bit. Now, when I, when I get a full-blown paranormal experience, if you like, I don't get a choice. Right. Because it normally starts with lucid dreaming, and then I wake up and I'm already in it. Okay. So it's 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 like I don't get a choice. I get you. But yes, yeah, so basically the way the way I differentiate between a normal, but then a normal scientific experience and a full blown paranormal experience would be basically the scientific experience is a big bit at the beginning, where yes, you wake up, you can't move. It's it's not nice because you can't move, but there's nothing else going on. You're not you're not yeah. connected to anything like in a paranormal state okay but I call that the scientific explanation but that is still the gateway to something further but the reason I call that the scientific explanation is because that's that's the key first point where something starts going on with your body yeah and I think with a lot of people that's about as far as they go but whether it's a gift that you can go dive further into it or it's something that everybody can learn to do you know I'm, I'm not sure but for me it's quite it's quite blatantly obvious the difference between a normal paralysis experience where I wake up and I can't move and the full-blown paranormal-ish experiences that I have. I mean, a lot of people say lucid dreaming is a very pleasant experience. Um, when you look it up on like, YouTube or, or Google and, and people talk about it, um, most people that do talk about it are people that are kind of experienced in it. So they, can, they have a good control over it and they can make it a very pleasurable experience. They mm. can maybe travel to places and see yeah. people and you know that kind of stuff I know there are but ways what do you think of I don't know too much on lucid dreaming but I know there are ways that you can physically make yourself lucid dream yeah I've seen well, uh, I've seen ways yeah. to do it there's like frequencies of uh, certain yeah like music you can listen to and stuff I mean, also if you keep hearing random noises that's because uh, our recording device is on the table of our drinks and every time we put them down it makes a weird noise but I do think it genuinely is like most of the time pleasant experience for some people. I know some people want to go in it to experience things that they haven't yet. Yeah. And you know, have a good time or something like that. And some people come unstuck because they expect it to be good and it's not good. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's hit and miss. I think it, some people have very negative experiences, but a lot of people say it's quite a pleasant experience. It's. Um, it's almost like the deepest kind of sleep state you can be in, isn't it? So it's yeah. I mean, again, to be honest with you, it's, I'd like to sit here and say that it's it's pleasurable, but my my experiences aren't really. Um, 
not really. To be honest with you, I can't. I can't think of a single example that I had lucid dreaming of sweet practices when it was uh, ple- when it was pleasant. Right. Yeah, I mean, fun fact for you. Jay once had a dream that the Queen came to his house for dinner, and he served her beans on toast. Yeah, that was just a dream, though. I have plenty of weird dreams as well. <laughs> this is the thing. This is this this is what I'm saying. I, I I have more weird, wonderful dreams than than anybody. But well, this is my point. It's, it's not it's not all doom and gloom and demons. It's nah, uh, I have crazy dreams. Yeah, yeah Jay doesn't only wake, dream of demons. Yeah, sometimes sometimes I wake up laughing at some of my dreams. Yeah, yeah. Right. He's told me a few. I don't know, who was it? it was uh, Kane or Undertaker once broke into your living room and choke slammed you through the door or something yeah through the kitchen table yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we have some uh, well you have some some funny dreams yeah but um I've got another point I'd like to talk about which is the hat man a lot of people experience the hat man I've experienced it myself um and after explaining my experience to you you believe that it might have been sleep paralysis yeah. Now it's the first and only time it's ever happened to me and I've not had anything even remotely like it since. Um, and it happened to me quite young. So I'm, I'm on the fence about it being sleep paralysis but I'd like to sort of hear what you say about the whole Hatman experience being a sleep paralysis episode. Yeah, yeah. so I listened to your episode on um, the Hatman experience and to me that, that, sounded, that sounded very similar to some of the experiences that I have because... That that is that's the exact kind of procedure that my experiences go through. You start off in a dream. It it, it's, it can it can it can start off as a dream, as a nightmare, and it turns into a lucid dream. And the reason yeah. it's a lucid dream is because you know you're in it. So you know you're in it. You got the feeling of shit. I must wake up. The feeling of danger. The feeling of something's chasing you, and the feeling of knowing that you have to get out of it. Yeah. And so you know what you're in for. You know you know, you know what's going on. You're fully conscious of what's going on. And then all of a sudden, you wake up, and then sleep paralysis takes over. Yeah. You know, that to me sounds very much like sleep paralysis. So before we start recording, I explained to you that how mine started was pretty much how you used to explain, but in more detail is, imagine like a, like a pier. Yeah. But it's just below like, below, um, like a row of restaurants. Yeah. And it, it wasn't really a pier, it was more like a dock, so you say a dock. And uh, my parents were having a meal in one of the restaurants, and the dock sort of below, just underneath the restaurants mm. to the side. And I'm running across the dock, and I know that I'm not supposed to be doing that. I know that it's dangerous, my parents wouldn't want me doing that. But I look up and I see them enjoying their meal, and they, they don't even notice I'm gone. Mm. And I'm running across this dock, and I notice something's chasing me. And I don't know what it is, I can't look back, I'm too scared to look back, I physically can't look back and see. And I just keep running and running, and eventually this thing gets louder and louder and louder, and it catches up with me. Its hand grabs my shoulder, and then boom, just like that, um, I wake up in my bedroom. And this thing that I've explained in my Hatman Experience podcast is standing right there, and the whole experience happens. So, would you say that that's quite relatable to sleep paralysis and how it starts? That sounds to me like a very, very typical kind of experience that I would have. But let me put another spin on it. Have you ever, this might terrify you, but think of it this way. What you've actually done in your, in your sleep without realising is that you went into like a different realm where your spirit was able to leave your body. Right, yeah. And you come into contact with this entity that was chasing you in another realm. And it actually follows you back to your conscious state. That's, a, that's kind of what I've, um, I've always thought myself. Yeah. 
Um, because I've always felt, actually, as bad as this sounds, I've always felt like this thing's never really left me. Mm. Even though I've not experienced it since, and it's not shown itself since. It's like, I've always thought, oh, I feel like it's still with me. Mm. But that could just be the psychological damage that, that it's yeah. done on me. But I've always felt like this thing is, has never left me. And, I mean, the last thing it said to me was, I'll be back. Mm. You know what I mean? And it was screaming my name. So, to me, it was very real. And it was, it, it's like, this thing's always watching me and I mean I've, I've gone through some really dark depression in my time yeah and I've always kind of felt like this thing might be related to that mm-hmm. but obviously who can say who knows yeah but yeah what do you think Alf it's just scary <laughs> it's just scary <laughs> yeah honestly it's just scary I mean I don't have experience with sleep paralysis so, so you wasn't even alive when I had that no um, because we bought well mum bought Lucky the dog for me to sleep in my room with me to help me feel safer the night um, and then we had to get rid of Lucky because she felt pregnant with you so this happened before you was, yeah. you was around yeah. Um, but yeah it's crazy and um, I mean what what would you do in that situation probably cry probably cry I cried I mean I'm, I can't remember how old I was exactly um, but I believe I was about 9 or 10 eight, mm. between 8 and 10 it was around there well, I cried for mum, I cried for dad, dad didn't believe me. Mum was, you know, she was in, she was kind of like a medium, she used to do readings for people and stuff, so as soon as she walked in the room, she felt like the heaviness of the room, and she instantly believed me. I didn't even have to tell her anything, and she knew that something was up. But yeah, um, it was very scary. It was very scary. I think because I was so young, it was even more scary. Yeah. If it happened to me now, it freaked me out, but, I mean, I was scared of the dark until I was about 16 or to 18. I was scared of the dark. I mean, I had to sleep with a light on. I had to sleep with a TV on. Mm. And then, all of a sudden, it just hit me. I was about 16, I think I was, and it just hit me, and I was like, I'm fed up of being scared. That's when we started getting into the paranormal, and we started going on investigations and started kind of becoming investigators. And, um, yeah, sort of, here we are now. Yeah. But, so let me ask you one question. How do you differentiate between the dream that you was in and when you woke up and see the center at the end of your bed? How do you know you still wasn't dreaming? So I literally felt myself being pulled out of my dream. Mm-hmm. I physically felt myself being pulled out of my dream, if yeah. that makes sense. It's very hard to explain. Mm-hmm. I was asleep. Yeah. But this thing grabbed me by the shoulder yep. and literally pulled me into reality. Yep. And this thing was in reality with me now. So how did you know that you was awake at that point? Uh, I knew I was awake because I never woke up again after that, if that makes sense. Yep. So this is how I know for sure I was awake and it wasn't a second dream. Yeah. Because I never woke up again after that. I was awake. What happened, happened. I called from mum and dad. They came in. They comforted me. And I didn't go back to sleep that night. And that was it. I was awake. Um, two days later, I was talking to a therapist about it. The therapist told my mum and dad that what I'm saying really did happen to me. And that, you know, there's nothing psychologically wrong with me. I just, they, they believe that what I'm saying is true. They, let's not get too carried away with that. What I think what they said is that, they didn't necessarily say what you what you said definitely happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not saying that because that the therapist wouldn't a therapist wouldn't go and say that. But what they were saying was is that but I'm not lying. You're not making it up. Yeah, yeah. You at least that. think you see that. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like there, there's, yeah. I, I definitely there's nothing wrong with me in terms of I'm not attention seeking. I'm not anything like that. What I believe happened happened to me. You know, I'm not lying. Like I so know what I saw. Basically, on your experience, you've got you've got one or two options to believe. Option one is that you was in a very vivid, horrible dream, 
and when you woke up basically the dream carried on because without realizing it you were still semi semi asleep and you got you got confused between reality and dreaming well your second option is is that you actually traveled to some kind of different realm where you shouldn't be and this spirit actually followed you back to reality i believe it was astral projection yeah. I think it was. Which is basically the second one I just described. And I know this sounds like something out of Insidious, mm. but um, so I, re- I vividly remember mm-hmm. my mum, she went to, she was like a medium, she used to do readings for people. But obviously, being my mum and being biased, she contacted three different mediums. Yeah. And they didn't know each other. And they all came back with the same thing, and they all said that this thing's name was Nick. Um, and that uh, it was uh, a horrible entity, blah, blah, blah. And they actually, I remember um, my mum sort of trying to explain it to me best she could, but I remember the way that she explained it to me basically makes sense in terms of it being astral projection compared, like, in terms of what these mediums said. Because as you know, you know my mum, she's always been very upfront and honest. From a very young age, she wouldn't, she wouldn't cover things up. She would, even if she, she thought it wasn't the right thing to do, she'd just be honest and tell me. You know, she, she's, uh, she's never really had a filter. Yeah. So she's always sort of been open with them things. And um, I believe it was astral projection, to be honest. And if I remember rightly, I remember my mum pleading with some medium that she knew. Again, I don't really want to sex. It sounds like something kind of insidious. But long story short, they kind of did something where they, to me, where they put like a block with it happening again. They got rid of this entity, in quotes, as my mum put it. But I remember, I remember having to go to my nan's for the night. For these, this me- There's a group of mediums that came to my house. And they did some ritual thing in my house with my mum. And nothing ever happened to me again after that, in terms of like a really negative experience. Things happened to Alfie once he was born. And we lived with that, and you know about all that. But in terms of what I went through, that was it. And I remember my mum saying something along the lines of, it won't ever happen to you again and that's all you need to know which to me when I like you think about them things it's like something ha- something was put in place there to block it so that I c- if it's astral projection I can't do that again do you know what I mean yeah like it's stopped me from doing it because I would if I could I probably would do it again I would I'd want to confront this entity 100% because it ruined a lot of my life yeah I'm not scared of it anymore what do you think Alf Scary. <laughs> just what's the point of it being? It just isn't so scary. Messed up. Do you remember Mum talking about any of this? No, she never spoke to me about it. Because obviously, when you was younger and you grew up, do you remember the knife incident? It's too young. I know. I know the stories. All that. Yeah. So apparently, that was all to do with um, somewhere we lived, and yeah, that's a different story. We'll talk about it another time. But that was a pretty scary story. And um, it was quite similar to what I went through, but mm. but yeah. What do you reckon, then, Jay? Do you reckon that quite possibly it could be astral projection? Yeah, I mean, it's you. You, you made a comment about it sounding like insidious, but yeah. in, in if if I had to give somebody a, a brief explanation, what some of my experiences would have been like, I would show them the after out of insidious. Yeah, because I'll tell you what. They pretty much nailed it. I know I'm, that sounds crazy, but you know, you know when, you know when the lease leaves her body and goes into that what she calls the fervor. I yeah, think she yeah. Calls it. And um, 
it's, it's all dark it's all misty it's, it's the, the, the stage of it that's pretty much like that but then again that's also different from the normal process experiences I usually get so you saying that yeah. I'm running on this dock mm-hmm. I'm on the dock I'm looking down at my feet running everything around me is like smoky it's dark and it's like yeah. smoky and it's like um, I don't know how to explain it like imagine like a smoke machine going off around you and it's all dark like that kind of thing you know um, but yeah no you're right and I, but I think even like you think of Insidious they must get that from somewhere that storyline has to have come from somewhere yeah and I think they do probably get inspiration from people yeah, that have had experiences yeah, uh, that, like this that, that, that film is built around uh, astral projection astral projection yeah, and 100%. it is it's, it's a film yeah. and it's exaggerated but there's a lot of truth there okay so do you think sleep paralysis can be linked to premonitions or a psychic ability? We'll go with Alfie because you've not been talking much. Here's a podcast, mate. Premonitions <laughs> or psychic ability? Uh, so I don't really understand what premonitions would be. Like, would it just be you know seeing like a shadow figure or something? No, premonitions is basically seeing into the future. Ah, okay. So imagine having a dream about nine eleven, and you wake up tomorrow and nine eleven happens. That's a premonition. I reckon. No, I reckon that's true. I reckon that can happen. Oh, what's her name? That that lady. I should have looked it up before we started. There's a woman who very famously um, had this blind woman, yeah. psychic woman. I know the woman you're on about. Yeah. She's got. I think she's Fred. She's got a strange name, but um, yeah, she had premonitions about. 9-11, COVID, hmm. loads of stuff that happened. And she died way before any of this stuff happened. Crazy. Really old woman. The other one that does that is The Simpsons. Yeah, and The Simpsons. Yeah, The Simpsons do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they even uh, knew that Trump was going to become president, what, 15 years after the episode released? Yeah, but they even, um, they even released a video of a, a like, picture, a like, Simpsons picture of Trump with, I think, a few other people yeah. standing around like an altar. Yeah, like, yeah. like 15 years later or whatever it was the same picture was taken like exactly the same it's crazy isn't it it's like time travellers yeah, like road Simpsons so what do you reckon then Jay Alpha is very insightful um yeah yeah I do actually and I've, I've it's interesting I think I mentioned last time this is one of the things that it's taken me a long long time to learn about sleep paralysis and my experiences right is that they used to just I used to just think that they were there to scare me okay but later on in life, and only fairly recently, I've learned that they're actually, if there is any point to them, sometimes it's almost as like a warning, or a, a kind of premonition. Um, again, there's different different depths to that. But uh, one ex- one particular example um, is like when my granddad died. Um, I woke up one night um, in sleep paralysis, and um, I, I managed to go back to sleep and uh, then I was dreaming and um, I, all of a sudden I was outside in a car park to this pub and it was all dark and misty and um, there's just like this old wooden door with light above it and I walked through this door and went into this pub and the pub was empty it's like, it like quite spooky there's nobody in there all right. and I walked over to the I walked over to this table and it's a big family sized table and at the end of it was my granddad. Right. but it was him from about 15 years ago so basically I remember him when I was a kid yeah and um I said to him oh you look well granddad and he went 
Yeah, well, don't worry about me, mate. I'm on the other side now. He said, he said, he said that basically, and I went, "What do you mean you're on the other side?" He went, "I'm on the other side. Don't worry about me. I'm fine." And um, I woke up and um, I'm sweating, heart banging out my chest, and that was about four o'clock in the morning, and um, I I knew that basically he was dead. Yeah. And uh, yeah, sure enough, I lay there like a statue till about eight half eight, and. Um, yeah, then we got a call from my dad because I think I think my dad was on his on his way to work, and I might be a little bit off of the timing. I can't. It was the morning. I can't remember the exact time, but yeah, I think my dad was on his way to work, and he got a call from the ambulance, not the ambulance. He got a call from the hospital saying that he was basically died. Yeah, and uh, he got there, and my granddad was already dead, but he was cold, and we later found out that basically the nurses had lied to us. Right. You know, they they didn't really know exactly what time he died. And uh, we, we think that he actually died quite... We basically think that he died in the night. Right. Before before um, the, the hospital actually found out or at least let on. And um, But from that experience, um, yeah, I, I knew that he was dead. I was, I'm, I'm pretty sure he died about 4 o'clock in the morning, if not a bit earlier. See, I've had, I've had premonitions, but not in sleep paralysis. Yeah, but then I've had weird ones as well. I mean, I've even met, I've had... Um, see... That was that. That, to be honest, was more of like a, a dream. But I've had some horrendous sleep paralysis experiences that do that do um, like warn me of things. Yeah. And I had I had a I say a great one, and it was one of the most bizarre experiences that I've had. But at the same at the same time, it's so intriguing. And when I put two and two together, I'm just, I'm just mind blown. It's like um, I was I was standing around my girlfriend's house, Natasha. And um, I said, we're in a flat, and I wake up in the middle of the night in sleep paralysis. And this is full blown, like what I would call sleep paralysis, where I'm laying there, I can't move. And uh, at first, I think, like, I was just normal, okay, this is not nice, but I can deal with this. Yeah. I can't move, uh, relax, let everything come back to normal. And all of a sudden, I hear the door start creaking. And I think, and this, this was the first time I'd had this in a long time, and I thought, Shit, and you know, you know, you just think. I, I didn't at this point. I hadn't looked yet. I knew something was there. Yeah. And like my heart started banging through my chest, and I, I was like, "Shit, this hasn't happened in a long time. I'm not prepared for this." And um, anyway, I turned, I turned, I slowly turned my head around and uh, looked through the door, and this entity was coming through the door. And the only way I could describe it, it was like a full-sized person, but it was like a person. Like it was water taking the shape of a person's body, right? So it was like trans, like almost like translucent thing out of that um, film on Amazon. Um, and I looked at it, and it just it just stood there, and it pointed down at the cot, and it pointed down towards the baby. And um, I tried to get up, and I tried to run at it and fight it, but it's it's that kind of experience is very much like imagine that you're at the bottom of a swimming pool and you're trying to run at something at the bottom of a swimming pool. Yeah, you got that. See that at that point you're up. See normal sleep paralysis you can't move, but this is where sleep paralysis then turns into like lucid dreaming or even astral projection if you want to go to that kind of yeah phase. So I'm at this point I'm up and I'm out, and um, I run towards this thing, and I'm trying to move and I'm trying to fight it, and uh, all of a sudden it just all of a sudden it just kind of grows grabs me and throws me down the corridor, and then at this point um, I'm in I'm in uh, the living room. And um, I turn around, 
and all of a sudden my girlfriend wakes up and she sits up and I'm like oh I'm like shit you know this this is bad something's going on and um and she wakes up like concerned for me and like comes over to come and see me and all of a sudden like her eyes turn bright red mm. and uh she just turns into this demon and attacks me and throws me across the room and all sorts anyway I, I managed to push past her and I run downstairs and I run out of her front door yeah and I remember running down the road at this point this is where like lucid dreaming takes over yeah yeah so this is what I'm saying to you. It, 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 it's with me, definitely, it's a combination of a few different things going on. Yeah. Paralysis, uh, paralysis rather, um, lucid dreaming, occasionally, but very rarely, actual projection. So mm. at this point, I'm lucid dreaming. So I'm running down the road, it's all dark and eerie, and I think, I think to myself, shit, this is really bad. I need to wake up. I'm yeah. Like, this is like this, this is like very bad. Like my, almost like my life's in danger. So, anyway, it's kind of skipped a bit. Then, all of a sudden, I'm back in her flat. I don't know how I got there, I'll just appear back. That that happens sometimes. So anyway, it it basically repeated itself from the part where I come out and she she wakes up and attacks me. So she wakes up and um, I think she's getting up to comfort me. Her eyes turn red, she turns into some demon thing, attacks me, I push her out of the way, and this time I run back down the stairs and I run through her front garden and on the left there's like an undertaker. Yeah. Big, a big tall man covered him head to toe with black clothing. Well, kind of like Hat Man. Yeah, yeah, like the Hat Man. And um, he's got he's got a black like trench coat on, and he's standing there with black gloves. And I look at him, and in I think in his left hand he has got the keys to my old Fiesta. Yeah. And he's, in his right hand he's got his letter. And at the time I didn't get it, but I took the letter. I took the letter and run, and that yeah. was it. I then woke up like my heart banging out my chest and that night I'll be honest with you I, I normally handle sleep paralysis alright yeah. that night I didn't go back to sleep did not go back to sleep that night and I actually think when I did come out of it and woke up I, I didn't move for about an hour Right. I didn't even move for about an hour when I did finally move I actually think I texted you and said I've just had the most weird experience yeah I remember talking about it we went, we yeah. went for a drive yeah. not long after but um, spoke about it that was the experience right but get this and it didn't tweak for a while but a couple of weeks later, it might have been like a week or something, um, my girlfriend had a letter come through from the bio- biological father of, of our boy, you know. And uh, he's not, he doesn't have anything to do with it, but basically he was pushing for like a court case. Right. And trying to like worm his way back in with a pack of lights. Custody. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. And... Um, I didn't realise it, but it only clicked after it all happened. It was like this experience was giving me a choice. Yeah. And it was it was giving me a choice. The keys to my old fiesta. Take in terms these, of your old life. Yeah. You have got a choice now. Take these keys. Yeah. And go back to your old life. You know. Yeah. You can do that. At this point, you can still do that, or you can take this letter and deal with this. Yeah. I took the letter. Yeah, yeah. And a week later, we had this letter coming through. It's crazy. It's mental, isn't it? It is so, weird. That's what I mean, like, like yeah. premonitions and... Yeah. Yeah, it's all linked. Yeah, and it's, I've had a couple of other experiences a bit like that. And it, it's only... But the annoying thing is, is that I do have specific ones that stand out and I remember them and I tell, tell like, you guys about them and things like that. But I also have ones that I know are very good, but I forget them. Right. It's a bit like dreaming, you know. Everybody has dreams and as the day goes on, they remember them less and less. I yeah. have the same thing with these experiences sometimes. Like, unfortunately, I don't remember them all. 
Yeah. But I know, I know I've had other things similar, but that was, I think that was a real, and this was only about seven, eight months ago. Yeah. It was a real clicking point where I realised that these experiences, although they're not pleasant, sometimes they're there to actually, like, tell me things. Right. In their own weird way. Yeah, no, I get you. I mean, I remember you going for a drive and you explaining all that to me. And and I remember saying to you, like, I feel like it's like you've been given a choice between, like, you can stay and commit to this girl Mm. with, you know, these future problems that are coming. Mm. That might might be a bit bumpy in the road, or you can go back to your old life. Yeah, you know it's like a now now's the turning point. Are you committing or are you you going back? Yeah, the most bizarre thing, and of course at the time I didn't get it. Why? I mean, why it has to be so horrible? I don't know. Yeah, you know why why we have to have the demons and, and the... it's like they were trying to also yeah. warn you, like try, well, not warn you, but try and make you be like, look, uh, yeah. Tash isn't a good option, hence why she's a demon right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, yeah. nah, that's what it's I mean. like they were they were testing your your uh, commitment levels, if you know what I mean. It's interesting because I know I know you shouldn't use horror films as like a reliable resource, but it's, it's a plot that you actually see quite often in them, isn't it? Like, uh, is it um, the Conjuring or the Conjuring Two? Yeah, is a good example of that, where they where they think that the old man in his house is basically the one being evil to the girl and trying to possess her when in reality it's not he's trapped there himself it's more of it, it's more of actually he's trying to warn them to get out and he's, he's, he's being pulled by a lot more powerful entity so it's 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 crazy so although these experiences come across in a pretty vivid nasty format yeah in, in a weird way they're kind of sometimes there to help me I get you which is bizarre but yeah, like guidance. See, I get similar, but I get yeah. it. Um, so I'll be fully awake. Yeah. I'm not asleep yet. I'm laying there. It could be daytime during the day. Mm. And I'll, for example, that time where I knew that Mel's nan had been, or be taken to hospital. Yeah. She went, well, it was during the day. It was of an evening. was laying in bed. We was wide awake. We're sitting there on our phones. Mm. I hear sirens, but I don't hear them in, like, any, no one else can hear them. I hear them on my own. Yeah. And I hear them in my head. Yeah. Um, and a picture, an ambulance straight away. Mm. Uh, I see an old person that, that that's not well, just pictures, like all this. And I just play it off. I just think to myself, like, what's going on here? This is weird. Like, why am I getting all these, like, mixed signals? And then the next morning, we get a phone call that Meg's nan's been taken to the hospital, and she's yeah. not well. So I get all the, I get these little pieces of the puzzle, but just not through sleep paralysis. Yeah. But you, it's like you get them too, but you get them through your sleep paralysis. Yeah. So, yeah, I can kind of relate, but not, like, completely. But, yeah, I mean, so sort of the last talking point is do you think that this sort of stuff is passed down through generations because we obviously know about your grandma from episode one who yeah. used to have sleep paralysis for well most of her life I'd imagine um, yeah. or as long as you've known her anyway yeah. and um, your sleep paralysis started while you were sleeping around her, her yeah, house yeah, my first not that I know exactly what it was then it used to scare the hell out of me my my first um, experiences with sleep paralysis certainly were around my grandma's house with her. So, yeah, I do. It possibly can be. It possibly can be passed down by generation. I think. I think um, it can be as well. Um, I think it's quite quite possible. And I mean, like from my my family, the mediumship has been passed down through. Um, I think my nan's mum is the per- the longest sort of mm. person through my history timeline I know that 
used to do like readings and stuff for people. But yeah, I mean, does your nan ever? T- uh, she did she ever talk to you about or your grandma talked to you any experiences that she had? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she used to. Um, to be fair, she used to have more than just sleep paralysis. She she used to complain of things like uh, when she was like fully awake. Like she'd be sitting there watching the TV in the evening, and it would all, all of a sudden become cold, and she would just tell them to fuck off. Right, yeah. <laughs> because they were making her cold. She but, was um, very spiritual, wasn't she? I mean, she yeah. would she would just know that something's there, and she'd have a conversation with it, and she'd know if it's good or bad. She'd put it in its place. To be honest with you, it's not a great thing to talk about. But my grandma's experiences were a little bit more uh, weird. Yeah, I know she had a not very nice experience once. I remember you telling me about that, which obviously I weren't put on blast, but something quite personal, not very nice. Yeah, basically, uh, I think obviously we didn't. She didn't go into too much detail. And to be honest, I don't think I heard it directly from her because at the time uh, it was inappropriate because yeah. she died when I was nineteen. So it's not the kind of thing she would have told me about. Yeah. But through indirect uh, sources, I've actually heard that her experiences were quite sexual. Yeah. I remember you saying um, not not really of a pleasant type obviously yeah but that is luckily touch wood it's not really something that's happened to me right but that is quite a big thing in sleep paralysis sometimes that certain people they they wake up to a, a bad sexual experience if you if you catch what I'm saying so that that could relate to like the whole incubus succubus kind of um, yeah route I don't know if you know much about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Possibly, yeah. Yeah, and that's, I suppose that, in a nutshell, is what it would be described as. So, in conclusion, sleep paralysis. Has your opinion changed on it at all, Alf? After listening to Jay? (laughs) Not really. Like I said, like, I don't disbelieve Jay at all. I believe everything he says, but it's just with me, in myself... Where I haven't experienced it, I'm still fifty-fifty with, you know, I believe in science. So you're intrigued by what Jay's saying, and you're not dis disproving him, disbelieving no. him, but you're you're open to it, but you just want I, to experience it yourself to be able to say, yep, yeah, definitely real. Don't want to experience it myself, but yeah, <laughs> but, but I, you need to in order to I, say, yeah, no. it, it's real. No, I mean, like in your own mind, you're thinking, if it happens to me, then I can be like, yeah, that's real. That's the thing. If it happened to me, I still wouldn't believe it. For so you heard that? Any demons, ghosts around? Alfie's open to it. Come and get him. Let him know. Let him know what's up. That's actually. <laughs> I think we just we just got any glossed over an interesting point that Alfie made there. What did you just say, Alfie, about if it happened to you? If it happened to me, I I probably I still wouldn't believe. Yeah, and that's a very good point because I've been in that situation many times, and basically it's. I I still I still to a certain degree have that now, you know you do you do question yourself and what what tends to happen is, is you have this horrendous horrific experience. And why it's going on, it's the most real thing on the planet, and there's no way around it. But I think it's almost a human defense mechanism is that when, when, when the sun comes up and the rest of your family wakes up and you, you take the kids to the park and you know the sun's shining and everything else, you to get on with your day and carry on as usual, you kind of tell yourself that it, it can't have been real, yeah. And I think that I think that's a defense mechanism, it's a coping that's, mechanism, that's something it? I still do to this day, yeah. You know, I can have the most bizarre, horrendous experience in the night, 
And um, but as the sun comes up and like my missus gets up and things like that, you know, I was, I was saying like, oh god, I had this weird experience last night. And then, then you kind of brush it off. Yeah. You brush it off and you tell yourself that, in, in a way, you tell yourself that it didn't really happen. Yeah. And I, I think I think that's that's that is almost a defence mechanism. It's a way of coping. Yeah. But yeah. So in conclusion, Alfie do- doesn't believe because he doesn't want to believe because he's scared. Jay believes. Jay believes that it can be paranormal. It's not always. But it can be. And uh, I'm pretty much same as Jay, really. I mean, sleep paralysis might not be paranormal, but it definitely opens up doors to the paranormal. Yeah, that's um, the best way to describe it, in my opinion. Yeah. It's a gateway. Well, it's been a good episode. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. we're going to end it here, I think. And uh, hopefully we uh, come back and touch on this again in the future. Maybe with a few more people that have actually gone through sleep paralysis. Yes. Um, we can yes. kind of compare notes and experiences and and find out exactly whether or not we think it is really paranormal okay cool thanks for coming on guys it's been awesome and i'll speak to you soon